Welcome to Revolutions Weekly, where we dive into the details of our many periodic revolutions, elections. I'm your host, Alvin, and today we're going to be continuing our series yet again about the 2021 Indian state elections. Now, at this point, like I said in the previous episode, we'll be starting our twitch down south. So if we've been talking about the East Indian elections in the last two weeks before this, well, three weeks, I skipped one week. But anyways, so like, yeah, so like I said, so, you know, we've been talking about the West Bengal and Assam elections previously. Now we're finally going to start talking about the South Indian elections. So this week we're going to be starting out with Tamil Nadu. And I'm pretty excited for this one because, you know, like I said earlier, you know, this is like one of like my favorite Indian states. And just like in general, their politics is just very interesting. So let's get into it. So anyways. So what exactly is going on in this particular election? Well, essentially what you have here is a battle between two parties. And no, it's not Congress versus BJP, which is exactly what makes this all the more interesting. Instead, what we have is the DMK versus the AIA DMK. Now, if you're not familiar with Tamil politics, DMK essentially stands for Dravida Munitrat Karagam, basically meaning Dravidian Progressive Union and AIA DMK is the, the DMK part is the same thing but it's AIA is All India Anna which Anna of course you know is Tamil for brother and you know we'll get to why that is in a bit but anyway so then so we have these two parties basically since you know 1977 basically battling for supremacy within Tamil politics and in fact the AIA DMK is actually a derivative of the DMK. So at, you know, at one time, Congress ruled the state. Then eventually, you know, in the 1960s, after the anti-Hindi agitations, if you don't know how, you know, like languages work in India, basically, you know, you have, English is an official language, but so is Hindi. But, there, but Tamil Nadu has been like the one state who's always been the loudest about being against an imposition of Hindi all across India. So... That's why, you know, like today, if you know, if you, if you were to go to Tamil Nadu, you would find that, you know, not as many people can actually speak Hindi. And not only that, within some segments of the population, there's even an active resistance against learning Hindi. But anyway, there was like in this particular movement against Hindi in the 60s that the DMK was actually able to emerge and like actually take power in the state. Hence, you know, Dravidian as opposed to the North Indian Aryan. Whereas, you know, the AIA DMK... You know, if you're familiar at all with the Tamil films, but if you are, it's okay. But anyways, here's what you need to know. Basically, there was a big Tamil movie star at the time named MGR. And basically, he was part of the DMK. He was a passionate supporter of the DMK. But after new leadership stepped up, after, you know, like the first guy died, basically. So the, so the first guy, you know, his nickname was Anna, hence All India Anna DMK. But so basically after he died, somebody else was, went up to his place and his name was Garunanidi. So he, he went up and he had disagreements with MGR. So then MGR basically went out and like started his, his own party, the AIA DMK. And after about 10 years of like fighting in the polls, he finally got power in 1977. So, you know, and, and that's the interesting part about Tamil Nadu politics as well, which is that you know, since nineteen sixty, since the nineteen sixties, all every single prominent politician, every single 
you know, like chief minister, just like the high, just like like the governor position in any Indian state, basically. You know, they've all been somehow related to the movie industry or the arts. So of course, you know, so like, and that you know, like the first leader of the DMK, you know, he was a poet. He was like a screenwriter, scriptwriter as well. He was a director, and then. Kagunanidi was a poet and also, you know, screenwriter, director, MGR, of course, big movie star in in, in the 60s and, and 70s. And then, you know, you also have, you know, Jaya Lalita succeeding him after, who was also a big actress at the time. And then, you know, but then like, you know, since Kagunanidi's successors after that, you know, like MK Stalin, who we'll get to in a bit, and, you know, his son as well, you know, like, they're, they're also involved in movies at some point in their life, but not as much. So basically still keeping in with like the actor to politician formula, but really, you know, following that formula to a T by literally making themselves actors only for the sake of politics. And you can definitely see this in just their general lack of prominence, as I said earlier, in the movie industry. And, you know, and in the AIA DMK, you're also seeing a different trend as well. But we'll, we'll cover all of this in a bit. Anyways, I'm getting too long-winded. So, what are the big alliances in this election? So, first of all, you know, of course, we have the NDA. And this is the same National Democratic Alliance that the BJP governs with in the national government. But, you know, in this case, it's the, they're allying in the state with the AIA-DMK. So, that's their primary coalition partner. And there's a whole bunch of other smaller parties. But anyways, the most important people, factors in this particular coalition is the BJP and the AIA-DMK. AIA-DMK, of course, you know, being the primary partner in the alliance where, you know, they have the most seats and they're the ones doing the actual governing. Whereas BJP is merely, you know, like, kind of like allying with them in the state to, you know, possibly, you know, gain a presence in the state and to also, you know, just in general, just have any sort of presence in Tamil politics. Because, you know, that's always been a bit difficult for BJP, you know, being viewed as the ultimate North Indian party, the ultimate, you know, Hindutva party, an ideology drastically different to the atheist, quote-unquote, and secular values espoused by Dravidian ideology. Things, ideas, notions, which, of course, the Tamil people have been against, you know, since the 60s, you know, as evidenced by their, you know, constantly voting for the DMK and AIA DMK to power. But anyways, but it's like with the BJP's alliance with the AIA DMK, you know, they're hoping to change that. But of course, you know, this close relationship, both in the center and in the state, has kind of like made it so that the opposition has been able to put out this issue. Oh, and by the way, you know, the AIA DMK, in case you didn't know, is the current ruling party in the state. It's basically, so anyway, so basically with this close relationship that they have, basically there's an issue that people like to put up, which is like, oh, you know, the, B- the AIDMK is just being controlled by the BJP. Because since Jaya Lalita died in 2016, basically there hasn't been a proper leadership in the AIADMK. I mean, there is a leader technically, but it's nowhere to like the level that Jay Lalita or MGR led the party, where it's like, you know, where the party revolved around one charismatic figure, one, you know, famous figure, one unifying figure. So you don't have that. So instead, you know, now this alliance is led and the government itself is led by, you know, Chief Minister Edapadi Paraswami, who is basically 
who was a minister in Jay Lalita's government, but because of a conflict in one way or another, was able to rise up the rank and become the chief minister basically for the last four years. Basically, yeah, since five years, since like 2016, 2017, basically. So we'll get to that battle in a bit. But anyways, moving on. Now we have the SPA, which is the Secular Progressive Alliance. So in the SPA, this is the DMK's alliance. So we have the DMK, Congress, some smaller parties, and the left front. Congress, you know, of course, being Indian National Congress. And the left front, of course, being being several, you know, communist parties getting one or two seats here and there. So, of course, you know, like the DMK Congress alliance is really, you know, like a time-tested alliance. Whereas the AIA DMK BJP alliance is a very recent alliance. And things like, interestingly enough, you know, previous leadership has, you know, like denied an alliance with the BJP. And it was only a few years ago that the party leadership in the AIA DMK became more open to the alliance and struck the alliance in the end just a few years ago. So hence the issue with BJP controlling AIA DMK and so on. On the other hand, the DMK and Congress alliance has actually been around, well, since basically MGR took power in the state. Because, you know, like in 1977, when MGR with his AIA DMK was actually able to take the state, it was a sweeping victory. And, you know, the DMK, you know, needing help to actually retain power, you know, reached out to the Congress. And of course, you know, like at the time called the Congress, that by Indira Gandhi also wanted to see a DMK in power because, you know, they were viewed as more trusted than, the, than, the, than this new group called the AIA DMK. And it wasn't like MGR and later Jerry Lalita was ever really fond of the Congress to begin with. And mind you, before the AIA DMK entered the picture, Congress was actually the main opposition in the state. So them allying with the DMK is essentially them also trying to regain the status quo. So that's why, you know, they fought several elections and they lost several elections, basically all the way on, up to MGR's death. Where you know they do, where they weren't able to to gain power throughout that whole time, and this is both of them fighting together to topple the AADMK at the time, who was in in no coalition. So of course, so you know, so now we're like starting to see Tamil politics reflect more and more, you know, the, the national dynamics, albeit in a more, you know, subdued way. And so and and the fact that you know the, the two Dravidian parties are basically you know like the, like the prominent players in this election kind of kind of shows that you know that tamil politics you know isn't really changing you know it's vernier anytime soon what happens inside is a different story anyways the third alliance we have and now we're, we're getting to the alliances that basically have no chance of winning at least not in this election so the third line we have, alliance we have is the am mmk plus am mmk of course in this case stands for Basically, you know, basically it's like the Amma part of this is referring to Jaya Lalita, who, of course, you know, her, her nickname is Amma, which means mother, right? Because, like, you know, like, during her administration, you know, she was able to, like, give out a lot of, like, you know, like, welfare schemes, a lot of, like, you know, like, appliances, and a lot of, like, you know, things like Wi-Fi, lap, free Wi-Fi, free laptop. And that's the thing with Tamil politics in general, where it's, like, since the time of MGR in, 19, in the 1970s, you've kind of seen this like uptick of like essentially welfare politics, where it's like the main platform of any party in a given election is 
I will give you free stuff. I will give you free services. I will give you, you know, this. I will give you that. And because they have to keep promising all these things, even before the election, they have to keep giving people stuff too. I think the Tamil Nadu elections were encountered by like the cost of contesting on average a single assembly seat is actually the most expensive election in India, which is like interesting as well. Because like, yeah, because they just have to keep giving stuff out before and after they win, basically. But, you know, that's not to say it's a, it's a bad thing entirely. Because, you know, the state is, of course, you know, one of the most developed in India itself. So, you, so you could say, you know, this kind of, you know, this welfare scheme certainly has its benefits in terms of, like, empowerment, in terms of development as well. But anyway, so, so how did a party called the AIMMK form? And this party was recently formed. And it was basically because of the internal AIADMK conflict I mentioned earlier, where, you know, Edapati Paraswamy, the current chief minister, was able to emerge. But it, but it wasn't directly. Initially, there was another person named O. Selvam, who was basically the right-hand man of Jayalalitha. And basically, you know, if Jayalalitha was convicted of corruption, he would take her place. And once she was back, he would step down and she would come back in. And this is, he basically did this a couple of times. And then there was also another person named Sasikala, who was basically a close friend of Jayalalitha, who basically ended up being pretty much her, her advisor. Now, how much of an influence she has is debatable. But, you know, nevertheless, people were saying, you know, like she was also a right-hand man, woman of Jayalalitha. But anyways, so as soon as Jayalalitha died, there was this internal party battle for leadership. Where, you know, where, where the, so there was basically like the, like the old Pani Selvam faction and there was the Sasikala faction. Now, I think increasingly, at, at some point, there's also an Edapadis Palaswami coalition as well, as soon as he got po- appointed as, you know, like the interim chief minister. Because I think it's like, because I think it's like he was basically viewed as like a neutral figure. And at some point after that, Opani Selvam basically threw his support behind Edapadis Palaswami, although it was a pretty tense alliance. But anyways, yeah, so Edapadis Palaswami basically went up. Because, you know, he wasn't really viewed as a threat. I mean, at least not initially. Because, you know, as evidenced by the fact that he didn't really, he didn't really have much of a standing before that. You know, but basically, Opani Savam put his support behind Edapadi Palaswami. And basically, expelled Sasikala out of, out of the party. And so Sasikala basically started this new party, the AMMK. Which, you know, is currently technically led by her nephew. But it's basically her faction of the AIADMK. And then lastly, we have the MMK, the Makalin Mudal Kutani. So basically, this coalition is led by the MNM. And this is a new party as well. It's the Makal Nidi Mayam. But unlike the unlike AMMK, this party has no affili- affiliation with the older established parties. Instead, the whole platform, their whole platform, is to go against the AIA, DMK, DMK duopoly in the state. And if you know Tamil cinema, you would also know an actor named Kamal Hassan. In case you don't know, he's also a famous actor. But he's famous in a later period. He's famous in like 80s and 90s. He's also, he's also famous now. But, but he basically started a party because, you know, as a lot of actors in Tamil Nadu tend to do, basically, and like his whole platform is basically, oh, I want to like, Instead, a clean government in Tamil Nadu. So, interestingly enough, he's not running on a platform of Dravidian politics. 
he's instead running like so he's not running on social issues he's instead running on you know clear issues which is like yeah i want to make the government cleaner i want to get rid of corruption you know through you know the digitalization and and all these kinds of things that he's like proposing which is you know i think it's like initially you know these were really good ideas but eventually the dmk essentially stole his platform so now you know he's losing his edge and you know i guess somewhat viability as a candidate but anyways it'll be interesting nevertheless because this is like him and the AAMMK, this is their, their first state election. So, you know, they're both essentially wild cards here. And, you know, they could get anywhere from 3 to, like, 15 seats, which will be interesting to see. And don't get me wrong, you know, like, maybe they're not prominent players now, but if they keep at it, they might actually win something big in the future. We'll just have to see. And lastly, this is something I was looking forward to initially in terms of, like, you know, like, players and alliances. But I think it's like, if you also know Tamil cinema, there's also another famous actor named Rajinikant, who's also famous around the same time Kamal Hassan is famous. So that means he's also famous now as well. He was initially floating an entrance into politics. But basically what happened was, right before he was about to launch his political party, he got sick. And he basically told the press, oh, it's a sign from God. And so I'm just not going to go into politics. Dang. It was like the thing is, I think it's like he would have been really interesting because I think it's like compared to Kamal Hassan, I guess Rajinikan has a way more passionate following, and so that would have like really shaken things up in terms of like elections. But you know, he's not going in, not this time. Maybe next time, but I don't think so. His case getting too old, so yeah. But anyway, so like. What makes this election interesting and different compared to the all, the all the other ones? Well, this is essentially the first election without any iconic figures. Now, I've kind of alluded to this, basically, you know, and this is especially the case, you know, with the AIA-DMK, which has always been reliant on iconic figures. So, this is essentially the first, quote-unquote, equal playing field in decades in the state, basically, where, you know, you, you kind of have two leaders who are, you know, not obscure by any sense, but definitely not, you know, but not like big, larger than life figures, basically. So basically before, you know, this particular election and in the decades before, basically, you know, like I said, you know, you had the big movie stars in the AIA DMK. Then, you know, you also have like the big figures, the big larger than life figures as well in the DMK. So, you know, basically for decades, it was basically the MGR and later Jayalalita battle against Karunanidi, basically. But to be fair, even during this time, this was also a legacy battle. But it was a legacy battle for the legacy of Sinan Anandurai, also known as Anna. So, you know, the big reason MGR named this party AIA DMK, All India Anna, was because he wanted to make a claim, to stake a claim to Sinan Anandurai's legacy, who is, of course, you know, the father of Dravidian politics. But Although legacy battles aren't exactly anything new in politics, Tamil politics included, you know, the figures that we have in front of us currently, they can't exactly stand in their own two feet. You know, MGR, Karunanidi, you know, these were big larger-than-life figures. And even without any legacy battle, they would honestly do just fine. But this is not the case with MK Stalin and Edipati Balaswamy. So you find that both parties are extensively relying on their past figures, on claiming a legacy, 
because, well, honestly, that's really all they have. <laughs> you know, which kind of like shows that, you know, they're in this limbo point, basically. Especially the AIA DMK with their, you know, leadership struggles and conflicts and things like that. But, you know, for the AIA DMK, to be fair, this isn't the first time that they've actually had to deal with an internal conflict. So, you know, like in, in the 90s, after MGR died, you know, I, I mean, like, Jaya Lalita was the one who actually emerged. But there was another figure named Janaki, who was basically MGR's wife. Initially, she was the one slated to, like, replace him. But, and there was a whole thing where it's like, you know, like, Jaya Lalita got, got, like, pushed off MGR's funeral cart by her. And it's like, they basically hate each other as a result. And it's, that doesn't help by the fact that, you know, MGR and Jaya Lalita were really close. You know, like, and of course, you know, the wife's gonna be jealous, obviously. So, there's that as well. But basically what, hap- what happened in the end was Jayalalitha ultimately emerged victorious in that battle and, as- and became chief minister and leader of the party after that. So the current election is essentially, especially for those in, in the party, a fight for Amma's legacy, a fight for Jayalalitha's legacy. So she was, she's basically like the main figure that they're trumping out in this particular election. And of course, you know, like in the party, Edapati Palaswami is the, is the victor. But if he loses this election and loses it horribly, there's a there's an opening for other figures like Opanir Selvam or you know even Sasikala to, to make a re-entry into the party and to basically, you know, ass- reassert their place in the leadership position that everybody, you know, failed to carry over. We'll just have to see what happens there. It might even end up ripping the party apart, we'll, which is, you know, gonna be really unprecedented for Kamal politics and it'll be really interesting to see. And as for the DMK, the issue is basically dynasticism or, you know, nepotism by the Karunanidhi family. Basically, you know, like I said, MK Stalin is the son of Karunanidhi. But interestingly enough, his son, Udayanidhi Stalin, is also making an entry in this election where he's also contesting for a seat. And another thing about MK Stalin, he basically, he has the same issue that Rahul Gandhi has. He's very, like, he's very sheltered. He doesn't have like that charisma. He doesn't have like that people connection. He's always very stiff. He's, he's, he always makes gaffes. So, you know, he has that going for him as well. So basically what's carrying MK Stalin over is basically, you know, the, the Karunanidhi line. You're like, oh, I'm Karunanidhi's son. That's basically his whole shtick. But, you know, maybe that might be enough. And, you know, with the anti-incumbency in Tamil Nadu, that might, that might ultimately be enough. But anyways, let's get the polls. So, what is slated to happen in this election? And mind you, the election already happened technically a few days ago. So, and so the polls basically shows that the, you know the DMK, like I said, is slated to take power. And the indication of this is, of course, you know, in the twenty nineteen Lok Sabha election, twenty nineteen national elections, they basically took all of the seats for Tamil Nadu, all of them. It was like I think there's only like one or two that the AIA DMK took for themselves, but the DMK took everything else. So, you know, this big victory in 2019 shows that the DMK might be slated to go back to power after, 20, after the last time they went, was like 2011, just like 10 years ago. But they're finally going back to power. And then it'll basically be a poll, it'll basically be a fight between MK Stalin and Edapati Palaswami. So, you know, between these two men, who are who is the greater leader, basically? And it'll be interesting because, you know, in Edapati Palaswami, you have like an 
internal party figure who isn't like all that popular, like in the in the public, at least that's a perception. And he you know so he's not larger than life. But MK Stalin is also not larger than life. But MK Stalin, one thing he has going for him is that yeah, like I said, he's Kagunanidi's son. So he's like the last leader's son for the DMK. So but you know, like I said, you know, he has the, the, the like the Rahul Gandhi issue. You know, so he's kind of like he's kind of bumbling around basically. So between these two figures, who will actually you know emerge victorious? So that that'll be interesting as well. And like I said earlier, anti-incumbency. You know, every five to ten years, what Tamil Nadu basically does is they just flip the government, no matter who it is. They just flip it. So then it's like because you know it kind of keeps both parties constantly at their feet, and meaning that both of them has to keep struggling to win to win the election. So it's not like a, like a given. Well, it's like, you know, in some cases, Congress would rule for 10, 20 years. Or the communist in Bengal, like I said a few weeks ago, was like ruling for 30 years. We're not going to have any of that in South India. Which is what makes it all the more interesting. And lastly, the AMMK plus is slated to get about three seats. And the MNM is slated to have five seats. That's basically what it is so far. And, you know, in the vote so far, it's basically reflecting of this fact. Where it's like, yeah, the BMK is basically slated to win that power. But in terms of like what the results are ultimately, we'll just have to wait till May 2nd. So, anyways, next week we're going to be continuing our trip down South India to the state next door, Kerala. And Kerala also has really interesting political trends and political dynamics players as well. So you definitely wouldn't want to miss that. So anyways, see you next week.